Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. I am so pleased to have Mr. Andy Gold, author of Innovate Now, Scale Up with 16 Breakthrough Sales Techniques as our in-studio guest this weekend. Andy, welcome to the program. Thank you for inviting me. So I'm very excited to talk about your book, Innovate Now, Scale Up with 16 Breakthrough Sales Techniques. But before we dive into your great book, could you share with our audience a little bit about your background and your education? Sure, I'd be glad to. I, um, I started out uh, in college to be an economist. And uh, I actually went to UC Berkeley uh, to study uh, for a PhD in economics. And then I decided it was too abstract for me and <laughs> dropped out. I didn't get a degree. I came back to the East Coast and uh, I worked in factories for two years. And at night I studied a variety of subjects, uh, but particularly philosophy. And then I decided to uh, get back on the track. I, uh, and I, 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 I took a, a, you know, a, a kind of a, an office job. I took an MBA. And, uh, and finally, I decided it was time for me to start my first business when I was about 30 years old. I had an MBA, so I wrote like a 50-page business plan. And I, I went out and started it, and I realized very soon that my, my business plan was totally worthless because I had assumed, you know, like, you know, economists say, let us assume. <laughs> I assumed I was going to get sales. Mm -hmm. And I found uh, it didn't quite work out that way. And I was struggling, and I was heading towards failure right from the beginning. And what I was doing was selling uh, empty decorative tin packaging, mostly to food packers. And so in this process of, uh, of, of trying to start my first business with uh, necessity being the mother of in invention, I started inventing things. And so I think that in, in, a, in, a certain, in a certain way, I was asleep until that point in my life. And all of a sudden, I had nonstop crises. And I began to work out the basis of what I now call urgency-based selling as a pure survival tactic. And it, it took a couple of years, but I, I think in the second or third year of the business, I really had like hockey stick growth. And over 10 years, my sales increased 10 times. And at the end, I was selling like 7 million. It was a small business. I was selling $7 million of this product. And I hired a new accountant. I think it was 90, 93. I hired a new accountant and began for the first time to talk about my ideas. I had assumed that everybody did things the way I did it. And that's when I found out with my new CPA firm that not everybody did it that way. And uh, they actually brought me in and tried to sell me one of their products, uh, a proprietary spreadsheet they had developed for cash flow planning. And uh, it wasn't such a good presentation, and I proposed to them that they hire me to teach them how to sell. And I don't know what you know about CPAs, but they tend to be kind of conservative. And if I could just take uh, 
30 seconds to reproduce a selling scene. The three named partners in the CPA firm uh, decided they would hear what I had to say. Perhaps they were humoring me because I was a, a client of the firm. And this is how the conversation went. So Andy, have you ever, have you ever done this with a CPA firm before? No. Okay. Uh, do you have some testimonial letters you could show us to let us know what it would look like? I mean, to, to, to show us success you've had with the program you're proposing to us? No. Have you ever done this at any time, anywhere, for anybody? No. Do you have some curriculum you could show us to give us an idea of what this looked like if we hire you? No. Then what the hell makes you think you could do this? And I said, well, I saw how you presented, and it wasn't so good, and there was a gap, and I could fill the gap. So they... Um, they actually liked some of my ideas, so they decided they'd take me out on a, on a sales call. My instructions were to zip my lips, look, listen. Uh, afterwards, we would debrief if I saw specific areas where they needed help. And uh, <laughs> for the first hour of the sales call, I followed my instructions. I didn't say anything. But then I couldn't take it anymore, so I, <laughs> I raised my hand. The name partners melted because I opened my mouth. The owner of the business they were trying to close uh, said something like, gee, I was wondering if you're ever going to say anything. I asked two questions, Daryl. I asked two questions, and I closed the sale. And a month later, they hired me. And during the six months we worked together, their closing ratio went from 20 to 80%. And that's how I, I, I be really began the sales, the sales consulting, consulting and training and coaching business. And uh, actually, Accounting Today uh, wrote up a piece about a sanitized version, a front-page sanitized version of the story I told you. And then a couple of years after that, I, uh, I, I got hired by Fairleigh Dickinson University's Rothman Institute of Entrepreneurial Studies, and I taught there as an adjunct for eight years. And that's kind of how I got started on this path. That is excellent. And um, your book, Innovate Now, Scale Up with 16 Breakthrough Sales Techniques, um, how did it come about? It's the third book I wrote, actually. <laughs> the first one um, that, that's getting published. I have a client, an M&A firm. I've been working with them almost three years. And my current assignment is, was to design and, and, and help execute or facilitate a two-day boot camp for business sellers, owners who were selling their businesses. And uh, we've done this boot camp about 10 times. I've probably trained, I'm guessing, 60 companies. And the marketing in the firm is very interesting. They self-published a book. And they, they, they mail out hundreds of thousands of them to business owners. Well, I'm not mailing out hundreds of thousands of my, my book. But I had been working on this third book, and I, I saw what they were doing, and I thought, you know what? I'm not going to do hundreds of thousands, but I think this is going to be a good vehicle. And uh, so I finished the book, and, and I, now I have a book. But I don't have a cover. I have the contents. So I, I happen to belong to a Vistage group. I don't know if that's familiar to it, but it's CEOs. Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was talking about it, and my chair said, you know, wh why don't you 
try doing the auction on, I think it's called hatchwise.com. You sponsor a $250 auction, and I got in all, I got 60 concepts in for a cover. I picked the four I like best. I work with the uh, artists, and I, I got a cover out of it. So I put a cover on the book because I was going to a trade show, and I wanted to sell it at the trade show. Anyway, now I have a book and a cover, and uh, I get a referral to a, a publisher. I figure, what the hell? I have a product. So I present it to a publisher, and you know, the next thing you know, within a few weeks, I have a contract for the book. Now, there's no advance, so I, you know, I wouldn't be too impressed. But I thought it was kind of neat the way it came to pass. So they, part of what the publisher does is they design the cover. So they designed essentially the cover that you see. We made some changes. And they said, well, do whatever you want. The cover you designed or the cover we designed. Well, I tossed the cover I designed. It, it got me one step forward. And uh, now I have a book and I'm going, you know, I'm starting to pre-sell it at, uh, at trade shows. And I'm using it in my marketing. And I, I just I, I just closed what for me is a very big sale. And I think the book made a difference. So that's kind of how I got into it. Beautiful. And so let's talk about the key principles of the book. Now, you talk about 16 breakthrough sales techniques. Uh, let's, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. And um, you talk about, in our pre-interview, you talked about the blue ocean of opportunity that you focus on. Share with our audience, which, what do you mean by that? Sure. And I actually, after we talked, I thought of adding another idea of two. So please um, do. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, when I'm at a trade show, like I was at this uh, Association of Training and Development show in Washington, D.C. for three days. And you know, dozens of people came by to at least chat. And they would ask, some of them would ask, well, how are you different than uh, popular selling methods that are out there? Uh, Dale Carnegie, Sandler, Miller, Hyman. And I'd like to think that the selling process that I developed is, is pretty superior. But I saw where you could get into an argument if you were talking to an adherent of one of these, uh, uh, of one of these systems, an argument you would never win. So I decided to go to a blue ocean approach, what I perceived to be un uncontested space. And it was in, in, from that perspective um, that I talk to prospects. And, and so a, a huge element of urgency-based selling, my method, and that, that's imbued in this book, is mindset coaching, mindset coaching. And I, I, I share some critical distinctions, which I really don't feel are present in, 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 any, in any way or certainly to the degree that I emphasize it. So just to start with some, some bedrock, probably the second biggest reason salespeople fail is because they don't internalize the idea that they have to earn the right to everything they get. Hmm. On some level, they act like they having, there's something coming to them. If they're not treated the way they want to be treated, they get all huffy and they check out. And, you know, my view is if, if you don't, if a prospect won't take a phone call with you, you didn't earn the right to it. If they won't give you a meeting, you didn't earn the right. And if you didn't close, you didn't earn the right. So figure out what you need to do. So the failure to embrace this principle that you must earn the right to everything, 
that's critical to sales success. Another place where sales, and I identify this as probably the number one area where salespeople fail, wants people to like them. A business seller wants to earn the right to profitable business. Now, if you're familiar with the book Built to Last, they talk in there about the, the tyranny of the ore. So it's not like you want people to either like you or to be a business person. You want both. You want to embrace both. But evidently, a lot of salespeople are specialists. They specialize only in, in social selling. And as a result, they either don't close business or they close unprofitable business. Now, why do people gravitate to being social sellers? I see two, two reasons. First, it's how we're socialized. We, by the time we're early teens or even preteen, we know what is socially appropriate behavior. We know how to give people space. We know that if you say no, no means no, as opposed to not today, which is how a salesperson needs to look at it. And so by the time the average person comes into the workforce, it's very hard for them to be effective business developers because they've been taught an anti-business development mindset. Now, the reason they were taught this, or at least reinforcing it, is because of the impact of works like Death of a Salesman um, by Arthur uh, Miller. In Death of a Salesman, Willie Loman is portrayed not as a hero, but an anti-hero. He's portrayed as a slimy loser. And although the average person may not know death of a salesman, I think it's infiltrated our culture in a negative way. It, you know, as I understand it, Arthur Miller intended death of the salesman as an attack on capitalism. And, and so uh, uh, when we face buyers, they've internalized this negative view of, of salespeople. This is my, my conclusion. But what's even worse is so many salespeople have internalized this negative view. And as a result, they take themselves out of the game. They won't do the behaviors that are appropriate and necessary to succeed in selling. For instance, persisting in the face of rejection or failure. Now, I offer in this book, and as I teach, Another model to consider, which is that of the salesperson as a hero. I use as my um, reference material Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces. In this book, Campbell, an anthropologist, studies hero myths in hundreds of cultures over thousands of years. And to me, the, the, the essential takeaway in this book, Hero with a Thousand Faces, is assessing at what point of the hero's journey does he or she become a hero? In a classic myth, for instance, there's a dragon uh, threatening a village. And uh, the, the king, the queen, the vizier, the mayor uh, calls all the town people together and says, hey, we, we need to do something about this dragon. Uh, would, would somebody uh, go forth? If you conquer the dragon, kill him, cut off his head, bring back the head, um, I would be glad to give you half my kingdom, and if you're the marrying type, you can marry my son or daughter. And if, you, if, if we pan in on this scene in the central square, everybody's kind of shuffling and looking down and being embarrassed, and the one fool says, I'll go. And he or she goes out on many great adventures, and they, they meet allies, they meet enemies, but eventually they face the dragon, they slay the dragon, cut off the head, bring it back, is celebrated, 
the central question asked in this book is, at what point of this story do they become a hero? And the answer is when they raise their hand and say, I'll go. And it's because they're facing certain death, uncertainty, risk. And I submit to you that the, the, the heroic salesperson does this every day. We face uncertainty. We face the unknown. And, and uh, uh, what do we do? What do we do? We, the, the core heroic act is to open the closed mind. So, for instance, chapter seven of the book is learning versus fixed mindset. And the way I see the selling project is we open the closed mind. The prospect is saying, I'm good. The prospect is busy. The prospect doesn't want to talk to us. And we know, we know that prospect is on a false peak. He or she has achieved some success, but they're looking down. They're not looking up. And what we do, what the heroic salesperson does, is we help that 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 prospect look up and see a higher mountain it's a metaphor a higher mountain of well-being and how do we do this we do this through what we call type three knowledge there are three types of knowledge type one is what you know type two is what you know you don't know and type three is what you don't realize you don't know and the heroic salesperson takes takes the prospect on a journey on the change curve opens the closed mind and that is an uplifting you know, self-fulfilling, positive experience. It's how civilization moves forward is through opening the closed mind. And that's what salespeople do. And, and that's what I teach. That's what I teach salespeople how to do. So, so um, the, my book, uh, Innovate Now, is about how to be innovative in a selling context. And uh, it was ultimately motivated uh, by my need to be innovative, and by uh, when I started my first business, and by my reflection on the lack of innovativeness um, amongst many salespeople and many selling organizations. So the book has uh, two types of innovations, things you could do immediately right now, and then um, uh, thinking methods uh, uh, to roll your own, to create your own, your own uh, innovations. So what are some examples of uh, fish you can eat right now as opposed to had a fish. So there's the PIK concept, the payment in kind. So there's two kinds of sales conversations, safe and serious, safe and serious. In a safe conversation, you're never going to get a stick of business. The, the prospect is in that conversation usually for a different reason, like a price check. A serious conversation means that the prospect has a compelling need and they're willing to talk to you about it. So, so serious doesn't mean that you closed. Serious means you open. A central problem for salespeople and selling organizations is to evaluate, is it safe or serious? Is it weed or chaff? Are you wasting your time? PIKs is one resolution. What's a PIK? Payment in kind. It's what the prospect does. So does the prospect introduce you to her boss, his or her boss, visit your factory, fill out a credit application? What's the doing that they, that they do? That's an example of a, of a selling method we can implement immediately. And then there's thinking methods like the pre-mortem. The pre-mortem I studied and learned about in a book called Super Forecasters by Tetlock, a professor at Wharton's uh, business school. So when you do a, 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 a pre-mortem, when you're in the middle of a project, you ask yourself the question, why is this going to fail for sure? 
So normally we do a post-mortem after we lose. With a pre-mortem, we do it when we're in the journey to try to smoke out, to discover what, what could possibly go wrong. So going back to your question about uh, blue oceans, what, are the, what is the uncontested space? It's getting to the heroic mindset. It's thinking methods. It's techniques and thinking methods that perhaps are not commonly done. And in the ultimate case, it's, it's the journey to emotional intoxication. Emotional intoxication was inspired by Nietzsche's Twilight of the Idols, in which he talks about this intoxicated state. And I built into my selling system, urgency-based selling, a path, not the path, but a path to emotional intoxication. And I think this is uncontested space. So and let's talk about emotional intoxication. Define that for our audience. Emotional intoxication is an exhilarated mind state. And it is at the same time means and end. It's an end because it's how I believe uh, most people would like to live their minds in an exhilarated, joyous state. But tying into the theme of the book, Innovate Now, it's, it's, it's um, a fount, uh, 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 it, it's the source of further creativity. So it becomes like a perpetual uh, creativity machine in one's mind. And that's the way I live. And I've been introspecting for a long time. And I've called out this formula. And it's the core of the book. In fact, at the end of each chapter, uh, the tagline is you one chapter closer to emotional intoxication. So the formula that I figured out that I think works is we start with moral certainty, which means you have to know that what you're doing is right. And that's why this idea that I mentioned earlier of the false summit and the higher peak of well-being are so critical because it's a large part of why a salesperson feels good about him or herself. And then there's the heroic mindset state, which comes from doing the heroic act over and over and over again. And I talk some about that. And the last piece that I figured out for myself is the meditative uh, mindset. If you don't have some kind of yin meditation to the yang, the heroic state, I think you might burn out. I, I use yoga as my practice in my life. And so it took many years for me to get here. I've been selling for 38 years, but I offer this to, to readers as a path to consider to emotional intoxication. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Andy Gold, the author of Innovate Now, Scale Up with 16 Breakthrough Sales Techniques, as our guest today. Andy, how does one self-identify to really be able to take in Innovate Now? Because there's a lot of salespeople out there who claim to be sales professionals, but they're very transactional salespeople. They're not, they don't understand that they're not really helping anyone. They're just trying to sell something, something that might not be right for the prospect. So what do you say to the person that says, oh, I'm okay, but they're not? Are, are you talking about the salesperson who says it or the prospect who says it? The salesperson. Oh, you mean he or she is okay the way they are? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's that's um, that that's a really uh, that's a really good that's a really good question. So, in my practice, so I've I've had over a hundred clients, and in my practice, um, 
the ownership, sometimes the CEO makes the decision to do a program of the type um, that I offer. And inevitably, there's some part of the sales force um, that, that doesn't want to do it. They don't want to buy in, perhaps, to use your words, um, they're okay. And, you know, so, to, to use the Collins metaphor about the bus, sometimes the wrong people are on the bus. So we try to save everybody. What I have found is 70 to 80% of the people make it through the program. Now, that's an average. Um, we try to we try to pull everybody along, but some people um, they leave the organization. It's it's not a fit for them. If the organization wants to go in this kind of a, a direction, um, in terms of trying to motivate, I, I mean I talk about the sort of things we've talked about. Many salespeople with whom I work are getting closer to retirement, and we talk about. Uh, just the very practical uh, financial necessities. How much money do you need to put away? So there are, are a variety of uh, reasons and methods we uh, try to use to pull people in. But you know, sometimes they're just the wrong people on the bus, and they, um, you know, they. Th there's a distinction that was popularized by Caleb between hunters and farmers, and and actually, very often in organizations, all you have is CR. All you have are CRSs. You know, you you have customer relations specialists. You have neither hunter nor farmer, and that goes back to a failure in leadership. So when you see that kind of situation, when you when you have salespeople who really are neither a hunter nor farmer, it's because bad behavior has been tolerated by by leadership. And so, in the end, when that's happened, and the salesperson is saying, "Well, I'm good." or I don't want to change, it's really leadership's fault because um, they've been teaching the, the wrong lesson or sometimes too many lessons, you know, flavor of the month. In fact, it's often the case that, you know, that's where I start is in a flavor of the month um, environment. And so to make change take place, the most important thing is that there's alignment amongst the leadership cadre and particularly the owner and and that it's made clear to all team members that we need alignment that this is where the organization's going and if the if the leadership provides that kind of support um it, it's very beneficial to to helping achieve change you know i don't know that we have the time for it but i've identified a a player on the playing field that i call the hybrid entrepreneur and this is somebody who is tending towards entrepreneurial qualities, and metaphorically speaking, maybe as 50, 60%. And if the leadership of the firm surrounds this player with the right um, value system, do or die, for instance, the right selling tools, the right selling process, this player can, can, can achieve entrepreneurial outcomes opening new accounts. And so that's an essential part of urgency-based selling, and I write about it, uh, what needs to be done in this book. So that's the best answer I can give you. Excellent. Believe it or not, we are almost out of time. But if you could, how can people get in touch with you? Well, they, my website would be www.urgencybasedselling.net. My phone number is 201 415 
1-800-238-3447. And my email address is andy at urgencybasedselling.net. That's how they can get in touch. Beautiful. And of course, the book is available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com and all of the normal outlets. Well, right now, it's it's a little bit in pre-order. It's it's it 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 it's you could pre-order our on Amazon, uh, Nine Tentacles Live, and uh, we're really not out in any other outlets, but hope to be soon. So that that's where we are. Excellent, excellent. And so um, you know we're at that point where I want to give you the last thirty seconds to share whatever thoughts you want to share with our audience. Well. I've dedicated myself to reversing the, uh, the way salespeople are perceived in the world. And, and uh, that's my mission. And the, then the broader mission is to help people become self-reliant, to help them do the impossible. I feel that people like me have the greatest job in the world. We help folks do what they thought was impossible. And um, my book and, and other resources show people how, how they could do this. So that's my last word. Beautiful. Andy, I want to thank you so much for coming on the program. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Andy Gold, the author of Innovate Now, Scale Up with 16 Breakthrough Sales Techniques as our in-studio guest. And the book comes out September 10th. Is that correct? That's correct. That's great. But you can always reach him uh, at his uh, web address said www.urgencybasedselling.com. Did I get that right? Yeah, it, it'll get you there. It's .net, but I bought .net. .com, and, and you'll get there that way also. Beautiful, so, beautiful. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Daryl. I'm very grateful. Oh, you're very welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for this week on Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM. Have a great weekend, but remember, leadership begins with you. WSOU 89.5 FM.